0: Hey, welcome back to the listening room. Listen to what the flower people say. Ah, listen, it's getting loud. Well, uh, this week on The Listening Room, I wanted to try and kind of lighten things up a bit, you know, after the last few weeks of going through Isley's The Valley. That one was a little bit darker than I had kind of expected. I mean, obviously, I knew kind of the themes on the record, but um, that one hit me a bit harder than I was expecting it to With all of the details of pain and heartbreak in that record. So um, I decided this week I wanted to go for something just light and fun and upbeat. Um, So I I wanted to do some pop punk. I love this genre. The melding of just the fast, upbeat instrumentation along with the melodies that... uh, are absolutely hook-laden, is uh, just one of my favorite things to listen to. It's not quite as introspective a lot of the time, but it's a great style of music to put on and feel better about yourself. So, as I was thinking of a pop-punk album to do, I mean some bands immediately came to mind like Reliant K or maybe The Wonder Years, The Starting Line. But for some reason, this band just floated to the top in my mind, and that was Motion City Soundtrack. Now, I originally wanted to do their second album, Commit This to Memory. But to be honest, I couldn't find the CD. I looked through my collection a couple times and couldn't find it. It's probably my fault, or maybe it's in the car. I don't know. But I decided to go with their fourth full-length My Dinosaur Life, which actually happens to be my favorite album by them. So that is the album that we're doing today. My Dinosaur Life was released on January 19th of 2010, and it features Justin Pierre on lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and, of course, writing the lyrics. Joshua Kane plays lead guitar and does some backing vocals. Jesse Johnson plays the Moog synthesizer, or Moog, if you want to call it that, and plays keyboard. Matthew Taylor plays bass guitar and does some backing vocals. And Tony Thaxton plays drums and percussion and also does some backing vocals. I do want to make a note, though, that this album does have an explicit content sticker on it. There is a parental warning for strong language. I personally don't mind the language on this record. We'll see how it's used throughout the record, and it's not in a... I would not consider it a vile, disgusting use of these words, although maybe it is a bit overblown... But this is not a record that you want to listen to around children and teach them new words because there is lots of language on it. I mean, to me, it's kind of like watching Reservoir Dogs. It's a great movie, but there's lots of language, lots of violence. You're not going to want to watch that in every context. The only other note I want to make about the band is that as I was researching, I found out that they actually don't like the moniker of pop punk. They don't consider themselves uh, to play pop punk, but just rock music. So I was a little sad to hear that because to me, this sounds like pop punk and uh, to other internet outlets, it sounds that way as well. And uh, I wanted to do pop punk today, so but I guess I'm not. By their admission, at least. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who cares about genres anyway? It's good music. Let's listen to it. Track one, Worker B. I've been a good little worker bee. I deserve a goal. I think this song is a great opener for the album, both in the way that it grows and just as an intro to the sound of what you're going to get here it starts off with just guitar and vocals before the entire band comes in and everything seems to explode the song is upbeat and driving both from the guitars and justin's vocal performance at the beginning his his vocals are more just kind of laid back as he's singing and then when the music kicks in he pushes his voice even more even to the point where he's using his falsetto and yelling just to hit the notes that he's written for the song he plays around with some harmonies in the second verse and into the chorus as well. Um, overall, this song is short and to the point. It's, it, it's kind of punk in that aspect. I mean, it's got like almost a 30-second intro, and the song itself is only 2 minutes and 30 seconds. The song feels kind of tongue-in-cheek and playful, but it's also hopeful. The song is about moving forward in life, past all the hardships that come with it. So the beginning of the song where he sings, it's been a good year... A good new beginning. I'm through with the old school, so let's commence the winning. It sounds straightforward, that he's been working hard and, you know, that he's had a good year. But the rest of the song actually details how difficult it's been for him and what he's had to go through. Before coming back and then repeating those first lines. So the words then mean more the second time. Because I've been a good little worker bee doesn't just mean that all's well, but that he's really been working his hardest through all of these trials. I mean, the song references wounds multiple times, that he's opening new wounds and pouring salt on the wounds and things that are, are going on that have just been really tough for him to go through. So something like, I deserve a gold star. While it sounds childish, it's actually him taking pride in his hard work and pushing through. The only other thing I'd note is Justin's vocabulary. Yeah, there's an F-bomb that's dropped in the song, but it really sounds to me like he spends a lot of time writing his lyrics, with certain lines like, Carnivore kings milking holiday sins, comas, and cashmere. I mean, the syllables fit perfectly in the song, and he gets his point across while writing in a really intelligent way. You can tell that Justin does a lot of reading, that these songs that he's going to write aren't just about, you know, the normal top 40 fare of girls and drinking and sex and drugs and whatever. That the metaphors that he's going to use are going to be a little bit left of center, but in a very intelligent way, in a way that grabs you and forces you to kind of think about what he's really trying to say. I think Justin's a great songwriter, uh, and it's not just on this album, it's it's on most of his work that I've heard. So I think we're going to have fun just jumping into to what he's written here. And with that, we'll move on to track two, A Lifeless Ordinary. Need a little help. I didn't think I would make it, thought everybody was against me. All those conquered eyes and Christmases alone. I never gave an honest answer, but I'm This song starts with some syncopated electric guitar until the rhythm section and the second guitar kind of lock in with it. The bass line here is simple and effective. The chorus to me sounds like something that Weezer would write, with the chunky guitars that start and stop, the harmony vocals coming in, and the eventual falsetto from Justin. The song stays dynamic with a clean guitar and a bit of acoustic guitar as well at the bridge to kind of bring things down. And after that, of course, you know how much I love layered vocals, so that that hits me there at the bridge too. Musically, I mean, the song is also pretty straightforward for the most part. And I don't mean that in a bad way. This song is nice and catchy, it gets under your skin. I really like the song. It's just not doing anything particularly weird or different or unique. It's just a very well-written song. Now, lyrically, the song is about Justin's insecurities. It starts off with, I didn't think I would make it. I thought everyone was against me, all those conquered eyes and Christmases alone. In fact, he talks a lot about being alone in this song. He also sings, When comfort is an empty evening, hanging on to complications, sometimes quicksand has a massive appeal to me. And later he sings, Indoor living, lacerated to the bone. Though he does talk about being alone, at the end of each verse, he gives this disclaimer, I want to be somewhere else, which leads into the chorus, I think I can figure it out, but I'm going to need a little help to get me through this. Now, the second verse has the line, I'm doing very well, I thank you. All this empathy is starting to wear me down. So we see that he isn't completely comfortable finding encouragement in a mass of people, but it still sounds like he's looking for his happy medium. The bridge continues that search when he sings, I'd like to tell you that I'm ready for whatever's coming, but to be honest, there's a part of me that loses control. But though this song tackles this nice little cocktail of insecurities, I do think it's ultimately hopeful, with the chorus acknowledging his need for help. He wants to get out of the rut that he finds himself in. You know, he doesn't always want to be around people, his empathy is starting to wear him down, but he also doesn't always want to be alone and remove himself from the populace. He's really just trying to find his place and admitting that he's not there yet. And with the instrumentation on the song, it just goes down so sweet. So moving forward, let's go to track three, Her Words Destroyed My Planet. I fell asleep watching Veronica Mars again. song has a bit of an odd opening with the electric guitar and vocals there. Just the the electric guitar uh, doesn't really have a hook. It's just kind of changing to different chords. The progression doesn't really stick in your head at all. So it's kind of an odd choice to make that the lone uh, music that's going on against the vocals. But, you know, once the music actually kicks in, we get these whistles in the background that uh, follow the main guitar line and it makes the song seem more playful, like it's kind of weird. But then they're like, OK, we get the joke. It's It's kind of a nod and a wink, I think, in a way. Into the verses there's lots of tom work from the drums and the bass really sticks out which they they eventually build into this short little musical pre-chorus that features an electric guitar and synth line which channels into the chorus where all of the music kicks in and it's really big and there's lots of hooks from the vocals as well that'll um, really keep you listening to the song. The vocal performance again sticks out to me. Justin is almost screaming at the chorus when he reaches the top of his register. And this is contrasted against the more laid-back harmony vocals that are coming in as well. Something else to note about this song is if you listen to the drums, man, Tony is a really good drummer. Like, listen to this drum fill. I'm to speak Japanese if we not I mean, he's almost mechanical in his precision in what he decides to play there. It could be a really simple little tom fill, but he decides to go for it and uh, add in, you know, a a good amount of cymbals, and and I just really like that part. It's funny, too, because then in the bridge, he starts playing the cowbell, and (laughs) again, that just feels playful to me. And actually, I think there's a lot of different sounds on this song. Tony uses a lot of different parts. He focuses on different parts of the drum kit during the different parts of the song. There's lots of different guitar tones that are going on. Uh, There's even a point in the beginning uh, where he's talking about a tourniquet and and the guitar just kind of makes this weird string noise that's just kind of thrown in there. Um, The vocal performances change things up a lot throughout the song from screaming to, to laid back like we talked about and just all this stuff i think the production on this song really shines they're really throwing a lot at you and it just adds a lot of color to the song and speaking of color i think this song paints a really vivid picture of a place that a lot of 20 and 30 something year old males find themselves in wandering aimlessly through a life topped off by a breakup I like the pop culture reference there at the beginning of falling asleep to Veronica Mars in the first verse. Though perhaps it'll date this album for the future, time will only tell. That same verse tells us that the guy in the song still lives with his parents and that he also acknowledges that he was holding his girlfriend back while they were together. In fact, the entire song is written in the second person as if he were talking to her. The chorus, then, is him lamenting her decision to leave him, and now he's left picking up the pieces of this life. On the second verse, he chronicles all the ways that he's tried to change since their breakup. He sings, I got a job at Uncommon Grounds. I finally shaved off that beard. I sold my Xbox to Jimmy down the street. Hell, I even quit smoking weed. I'm taking an online course. I'm learning to speak Japanese. It it sounds like he's trying to say that he's, he's he's trying to be better for her, though it's too late. The bridge continues his pursuit and lament when he sings. The bridge here continues his pursuit and lament when he sings, I sent you a postcard, but the post office sent it back. They said the building's been torn down. I just miss what I thought we both had. You almost kind of want to feel sorry for the guy in the song, except that it makes it abundantly clear that he's really just a slacker and his problems were all caused by his laziness and complacency. This comes to a head at the final chorus where instead of singing I stall before I start like before, he screams, It's all my f***ing fault. Overall, the song sounds like a cautionary tale about wandering aimlessly through life and what it can cost you. I just like that it's kind of a modern take on that same narrative we've heard hundreds of times before. And, of course, the catchiness of the song and the vocal hooks don't hurt it at all. To the deep end, to the hard line, hold this trick together, man. Hold this trick together if you can, little beaver's trap. yourself and try to disappear and this is actually the first song that i'd ever heard on the album and it's what sold me on purchasing this album day one i mean i've I've liked motion city soundtrack and bought their at least their two previous albums i don't know if i'd gotten their first at this point regardless uh this song really just hooked me from the beginning of the song, there's this strong sense of urgency. Maybe it's kind of the minor feeling progression, or maybe it's the speed of the vocals, but also the vocal performance of the chorus here. I mean, Justin just finds himself almost screaming out his words. It really just makes me sit up and listen to, to try and hear what's going on and what he's, he's trying to get across. I find it kind of interesting. There's a certain set of harmonies that he uses that reminds me of kind of like a, a post-hardcore sound. It's almost kind of a metallic sound to the harmonies that are at the chorus here. But I think they suit the song well because this song feels darker and feels heavier than what they've done uh, up to this point. Now, the verses of the song are pretty simple musically, but they actually feature a different instrument each time that they go back through the verses. So whether it's electric guitar or whether it's bass or whether it's the synthesizer, The verses always have a slightly different feel, although it's hard to pull yourself away from just focusing in on the words that Justin is singing. Now because of the intensity of this song, I think the dynamics at the bridge hit even harder when everything just kind of drops out and Justin is left to to sing more delicately. Again, if I can make note of that vocal performance, it really just feels like Justin needs to let these words out. He sounds like he's physically tired by the end of the song. I mean, there's no sense of playfulness that the previous songs have shown, but there's a seriousness to this song that's driven by urgency. If you can't tell, I really love this song. Now, unlike the previous three songs, the lyrics on this one are are kind of cryptic. As I said before, I think the wordplay and the songwriting that that Justin does, they're really top-notch. Except that on this one, it's hard to wade through all the metaphors that Justin constantly throws out. My theory is that the song is about drug and or alcohol abuse. I mean, Justin has actually been to rehab for this very reason, so my guess is that he's shrouding his experience in metaphors so as not to glamorize his problems. So let's dive into what Justin is singing. At the start of the song, he sings, Hold yourself together if you can. So he's trying to be functional. He goes on, Little fevers wrapped in dedication, all strung out on novelty. So we get the sense that he has an itch and he's finding that there are a plethora of different ways to scratch it. He continues, collapse yourself and try to comprehend an angry island, a bitter beasting. Now these metaphors could either be just some drug addled nonsense or he could be personifying himself as an island, pushing himself away from other people and becoming just angry at how insular he is and angry at the people who don't try and, and wade themselves into this island. And this bitter beasting line could just be his fix. He continues by singing, severing each artery to free the self and fix the in-betweens. He's killing himself here to get a fix. It's him falling back into these substances in the in-between times of life when he doesn't have any other responsibilities and he begins to just kind of wallow in his brokenness that he finds himself in. On the chorus, he explains how using turns himself into a hollow shell of a man while only bringing himself closer to his inevitable end. He sings, I can disappear at any time I want to. Time, I feel you shovel through my skin. I'm with you till the end. Verse two shows his regret when he sings, Lash yourself repeatedly until it sticks. Carry on, cadaver. And then he explains his reliance on pills just to make up for the for the come down of the drugs while he curses the empty person that he's become with lines like, All hollow breach and vapor silhouette, and all matter gray, confused and counterfeit. The second chorus adds another line. When it suits me, I accelerate it. Wicked on all fours, I surrender to the storm. It's a haunting picture of addiction. He compares himself to an animal, being forced back by his distorted instincts. He admits his weakness with his use of the word surrender. Unlike what's come before, this song isn't hopeful. It's just a snapshot of his condition. It's possibly another cautionary tale, but I think it's more of a warning to himself about what he can become if he continues to give in to his addictions. You know, I talked earlier about how I wanted to do a pop-punk album just to get some lightness in here, especially after The Valley, but uh, this song just kind of goes the opposite direction of that. This is a dark song. It kind of pushes past the normal kind of surface-level playfulness that this style of music usually goes for and in that sense it's really unique i think it sticks out on this album though we'll see some of these themes returning throughout but for now we can go ahead and go to the next song track five delirium there's a stain there's a stain there's a stain on the opens this one before just kind of the main synth line plays with these guitars in the background. Now because of this, it allows the guitars throughout the song to kind of just putz around with noise and palm muted lines and the like. It also complements the lyrics at the chorus because when everything comes in, it just feels more chaotic compared to the more airy verses. The vocalizations of the chorus add some more melody and they add color and throughout the song they like to add things like a shaker or new guitar parts just to keep it interesting. I think this song is just another well-written song with great hooks that'll keep you coming back lyrically the song is a more light-hearted take on the same subject matter as the previous song it's it's almost like a part two to disappear where he's admitted that he needs help and he checks himself into rehab the song sounds like the ramblings of a mental patient and i and i don't mean that as an insult he, he literally talks about being an award The first part of the song talks about his OCD by referencing how he wants to clean a stain on the floor, but he's not let out of bed. The next part talks about a crowd in his ward that he can't stand, while he mentions that he's also noticed that his lungs wheeze when he breathes. The song continues as he details the types of bugs that he's seeing all around him, obviously caused from hallucination when he sings the line, it's always raining caterpillars from the circular fan. And then the chorus gives us the reason for his delirium. Hey, that's the title of the song. He sings, I swim in pharmaceuticals. The medicine deactivates the things I take, the things that take me. He's losing himself to his pills, but he also admits that he's only there because of his decisions that got him there in the first place. The second verse is much shorter, but to the point. There's a voice in my head. It's rather soothing, and it tells me I'm better off dead. But if I beat it, maybe punch it, maybe kick it away, then everything will be all rightly. So he's fighting off a deep depression and suicidal thoughts. He's trying to pull himself out of the downward spiral. The bridge talks about what got him to this point. I didn't know it was hot in the middle. I touched it once and I touched it a second time because I'm that naive. A myriad of bright ideas. When you're young, your parents teach you not to touch the stove or, or to play with fire because you'll burn yourself. Here, Justin uses that same idea when talking about his addictions. He didn't realize how far they were going to take him. So, Though it's a similar subject matter to Disappear, this song is a much more positive take in that it actively shows that he's getting help. And though it details the negative aspects of what it takes to get clean, he ultimately accepts responsibility for his actions, which I think is a very positive step. He's having to dig himself out of the rut that he got himself into. He's ultimately trying to do away with his bad decisions and, and get past it. And for that, I think he deserves a gold star. And I think this is a good stopping point for this episode. We're five tracks in. I think we can knock out the rest of the album on next week's episode of The Listening Room. So, as usual, my spiel is that if you have any questions, any comments, any um, concerns, feel free to contact me. My email address is listeningroompodcast at gmail.com. My Google voice number is 617-651-1116. Or you can always catch me on Twitter. My handle is at broccolope, that's B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. I'm also playing around with this wacky Japanese app called Mitomo. So if you add me on Twitter, we can be friends there and you can see just my crazy pictures where I'm uh, dressed up like a little devil or or maybe I'm in a plant suit with a donut head cuz that's fun. <laughs> Anyways, guys, as usual, don't just hear, listen. I'll let you can disappear Anytime I want to time I feel you shovel through my skin I am wet you tell the end.